You are listening to The Vet Podcast, presented by veterinarian Dr. Brian Greger from New Zealand. Join us as we discuss pet health issues from around the world. Hi, welcome back to The Vet Podcast. Now that we are starting to build up our library of podcasts again, I have had a couple of suggestions that we let you know at the start of each podcast when it was recorded. So, welcome to the latest episode of the VET Podcast, recorded in August 2014. If you want to contact us with a suggestion for the podcast, be it a technical suggestion as this one was, a topic you wish discussed, or just to say hello, please email us at vetpodcast at gmail.com or you can message us through our Facebook page. Anyway, as they say, on with the show. Firstly, there is a bit more news on Scott Arnold's discussion on anaesthetic-free dentals from the last episode. Scott will then again join us and discuss arthritis in dogs, and Charlotte Farr from the UK comments on an article that appeared in our local paper here in Timaru, New Zealand, that was headlined, Snack-Loving Britons Killing Pets with Treats and Soft Living. Firstly, a follow-up on Scott Arnold's comments on anaesthetic-free dentistry from the last podcast. Two pieces of news have come across my computer screen in the past few weeks. First, from California, a woman has been sentenced to 36 months probation, 15 days community service, 48 hours of animal classes and $2,000 in fines, penalties and court fees by a court in Los Angeles for practicing non-anesthetic dentistry. The second is from a report from Scott's own province of Ontario, from the College of Veterinarians of Ontario, where they have obtained an order from the Ontario Superior Court of Justice on March 24th this year, that's 2014, preventing non-veterinarians from providing or offering to provide so-called anesthesia-free dental cleaning, including scaling, polishing and antibacterial gum treatment. The college's position is that animal dentistry is an aspect of veterinary medicine and should therefore only be practised by licensed veterinarians. Consistent with its position statement on veterinary dentistry, the college has long taken the position that veterinary dentistry includes cleaning animals' teeth and that only veterinarians may practise veterinary dentistry. Expert evidence supported the college's position that permitting non-veterinarians to provide veterinary dentistry, including dental hygiene, creates serious risks to animals. I'd be really interested to hear your comments or views on this, so please don't hesitate to email us at vetpodcast.gmail.com or just track down our Facebook page. I caught up with Scott Arnold, our vet in Ontario, to discuss treatment of osteoarthritis in dogs. Often the presenting sign of osteoarthritis in dogs are reluctance to run, difficulty jumping and perhaps showing signs of pain. I firstly asked him to talk us through the initial consult process. Usually they do a complete physical exam, including a good history, as well as sometimes I will do radiographs to just see does this pet have elbow dysplasia that we missed earlier in life, or does this pet have hip dysplasia, or some other joint abnormality that we didn't know about. What can be done about osteoarthritis, Scott? Well, the problem we have is there's no prevention or cure for osteoarthritis, but there is a multimodal approach to helping these pets with arthritis. Number one is a weight loss program. A lot of these pets are their overweight Labrador retrievers that need to lose some weight. 
Next, we have an appropriate exercise program. We don't want to run the pet for hours at end. We want to do appropriate exercise and walking. And number three is we do have good medical treatment nowadays. For me, in my practice, I use a combination of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. I also combine that with some special foods we have available. The best thing is to ask your veterinarian what medical treatment would best suit your pet. The last thing I want to talk about is using your own arthritic medications on your pet. Please do not do this. Please consult your veterinarian and he'll be able to advise you what the best medication to use on your pet. Shock headlines are stock and trade for the newspaper industry. The headline I read in our local paper the other day certainly got my attention. Is this just a case of antipathy and palm bashing, or are there real issues behind this article? From the UK, Charlotte Farr joins us. I opened up the newspaper the other morning, and sitting right in front of me was this big headline, Snack-loving Britons killing pets with treats and soft living. Are you able to quantify to us just how bad this and overfeeding of dogs in the UK is? Well, there's many statistics that are being thrown around in the UK at the moment, but the proportion of overweight animals that we're seeing is definitely increasing. In a recent study in March this year, which was done by the Pet Food Manufacturers Association over here, um, it was found that 77% of our pets were overweight, and this was in comparison to 20 to 25% about seven years ago. Um, so obesity is definitely now the commonest medical problem that we see in all the animals that come into our practice. Why do you think there is an increase? Well, obesity in people within the UK is definitely on the increase as well, and we have an increasingly sedentary lifestyle, and this definitely correlates with the problems of obesity in our animals. Many studies have also found that owners who are overweight are more likely to have overweight pets themselves, and there's definitely a correlation between poor health in owners and poor health in their pets. As we become less active and we eat more unhealthily, we do the same with our animals. Um, in one study that was done of a group of obese animals, actually 80% of the owners actually thought their animals were the perfect weight. So this also shows that as a, as a nation we're really bad at recognising when our pets are actually overweight. People in the UK obviously love their animals and there's an increasing emotional bond between pets and owners and it seems that many owners try and create a better bond with their pets through food and this is often done by sharing their own food with their pets. So we often say that owners are actually killing their pets with kindness by doing this. Now, this is probably a question which the answer is obvious, but what are the effects, what's the problem with obesity? Well, obesity itself is a, is a serious welfare issue. Um, it can be extremely disabling for the animal. It affects the animal for a long period of time, sometimes its whole life, and it's also preventable. Um, there are a few serious medical conditions that we obviously associate with obesity in, in humans and animals. The first of these is probably diabetes. Um, type 2 diabetes is very common in humans and animals caused by eating a, a high-fat diet for a long period of time. And it's generally a lifelong condition, and it can lead to urinary problems, liver problems, and kidney problems as well. And it's been found that in cats they're four times more likely to develop diabetes if they're actually overweight in the first place. The next most important one is arthritis, um, which is extremely common in older animals anyway, but in animals that are carrying a little bit of extra weight, it just puts more pressure on their joints. It can mean you get arthritis at a much earlier age than you would otherwise, and it can exacerbate any other joint problems that would be already present. It's a really painful and debilitating condition for them to have. Being overweight also increases your risk of heart disease, high blood pressure and also respiratory problems from carrying all that extra weight around with you. What can be done to prevent obesity and following on from that I guess, how can we treat obesity? 
Well, I think the, the first thing that people need to be able to do is to identify whether their animal's actually a healthy weight or not. And in order to do this, the easiest way of doing it is to use something called body condition scoring. So it's no longer really good enough just to weigh your pet and compare it to a, a standardised weight chart. Um, you need to actually have a hands-on approach. And the simple way to do this is to actually um, look at your pet and, and try and feel their ribs. So just put your hands on them, have a, have a quick feel. If they've got a lot of fur, if they're quite fluffy, go under the fur. And you should be able to feel the ribs. They shouldn't be jutting out, but you certainly shouldn't have problems feeling them. You can also stand above your pet and view them from above. And when you view them from above, they should have a nice little bit of a tucked-in waist. Um, and if you can't see that, then they're definitely carrying some extra weight. And if your pet is overweight or you're unsure, um, you should always contact your vet for some advice. Most vet surgeries in the UK now offer um, free weight clinics for um, owners and pets where you can take your animal in each week to be weighed by a vet nurse and you'll be given free advice and help um, on weight loss. And at the same time while you're there, the vet will often check your pet for any weight-related health problems as well. The, the key thing to obviously treat obesity um, is to first of all um, look at what your animal's eating. There are loads of prepared low-fat canine and feline diets on the market nowadays and also some satiety diets which are designed to make your pet feel fuller for longer. And these are complete foods, so they mean that it's all your pet needs to eat in one, one meal. It's really important to weigh this food out, um, especially if you've got more than one person in the household feeding your pet, because often we find that um, different people will feed a completely different amount of food. And also just be aware of complete versus complementary foods. So complementary foods are basically just, just treats which aren't needed. And if you're feeding your animal a complete food, that really is all it needs every day. Useful tips for cutting down the amount of extra food that you might give to your pet um, are that when you weigh out the food in the morning for them, um, take a few biscuits out of this, set it to one side and use that as treats throughout the day so you're not tempted to actually give them your own food. We also find that owners who actually split their pet, pet's daily ration of food into two or more meals tend to have um, animals that are a more healthy weight because then you're not actually tempted to give them extra bits of your own food uh, throughout the day. The other obviously important step is exercise. So exercise is really important and it's obviously easier done in dogs than cats. Taking your pet for regular walks will benefit yourself as well as them. Um, and if your pet's an older animal and potentially has some health problems meaning you can't do a long walk with them, it's really important to just do short but regular walks. And you can also consider things like hydrotherapy because swimming is really good for animals with joint problems as it's a really low impact form of exercise. And in the UK we've got loads of canine hydrotherapy centres now where you can actually take your pet to, to help with this. Cats are more difficult to exercise, but there are a lot of cat toys on the market that you can use to tempt your animal to run around the living room, for example. Um, and sometimes it's a case of addressing their access to, to getting outdoors. So it might be by having to install a cat flap so they've got easy access to the garden to encourage them to go out more. Or in some cases, it might be that you need to address some behavioural problems which might be keeping your cat inside and preventing them from exercising enough. But overall, um, if you're unsure about anything, if your animal's the right weight or not, just take them into your vet's surgery and get some really good advice. You have been listening to the Vet Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, iTunes, Google Play, or bookmark us in your favourite podcast player. To contact us, message through Facebook or email vetpodcast at gmail.com. Music